Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today, we're talking about season seven, episode 10 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Hell is Other People. And it really is the other people, not the other people we expect until right at the very end. But do you know this reference? I mean, I know the quote. Do you know where the quote comes from? Is it from Dante's Inferno? No, it actually isn't. You idiot. Me naming the one hell book I know. <laughs> this is from a play called No Exit by John Paul Sartre. That was just a clue on Jeopardy last week. It's actually, this is a good piece of trivia. It's like Chekhov's gun. One of the valuable things you learn in theater school that comes up again and again. Essentially, it's an existentialist play. It's about three people who are like in a waiting room and the room has no exit. They think they're being like held there before they go to heaven or hell. Uh, but actually... They learn that the real hell is that they have to hang out for eternity with these people they just met. So hell is other people. Like hell is not torture. Hell is other people. You get it. Theory, this is the bad place. Exactly. Yeah. So that's the reference here. And I will say also, you'll remember that last week was the end of the Julian chapter. This is the beginning of a new chapter. And I actually still can't tell you the name of it. It's something you actually don't have the capability to guess. The name of the chapter is like, a name of something that becomes major, but you have no way to know the name. Yeah, I, w- I think I said last week, I'm guessing the name is whatever this group that has Enzo is called or whatever the group that eventually chases down Stefan in the time jump is called. Still think that? Because we didn't hear anything from that group this week. That's true. Maybe it's Maybe it's like whatever term it is for how you learn your lesson in the Phoenix Stone. Some feeling, like you know how there's like, a German word for every feeling anyone has ever felt, like yeah. something like that. Ennui. I never remember what ennui means, but I just recently remembered how to pronounce it. So ennui is like deep sadness. Okay, so maybe it's the ennui chapter. Perhaps. Perhaps <laughs> it is the ennui chapter. We'll see. Anyway, lots to get into this week. A real fun exploration of hell. Actually, probably I will go out on a limb and say the best episode of season seven so far. I will agree with that. Consider the bar. Yeah, the competition was not uh, tight. Let's say that. Yeah, let's say that much. Lots to unpack anyway. Before we get into it all, here's a quick ad. I'll start, as always, by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. After finding himself on the wrong end of Julian's plan to avenge Lily's death, Damon awakens to find himself trapped inside the Phoenix Stone, tormented by a traumatic experience from his time in the Civil War, and forced to face his darkest demon in order to get out. On the outside, Bonnie is in a race against the clock to get Damon out before the effects of the Phoenix Stone take over and leave him changed forever. Seems like that clock beat her ass this week. (laughs) Seems like the clock won the race. (laughs) We start this episode where we ended the last one, which is what we know to be Damon's personal hell. And where that is, is the front line of the Civil War in 1863. Fighting for the Confederacy. (laughs) Woohoo. Damon like wakes up he has like a wound on his chest and then who appears but miss lily she's a big feature of the phoenix stone apparently they always employ her yeah the phoenix stone keeps her booked and busy and she said you know it's kind of sad how much i'm in other people's hell yeah maybe that's a reflection on me that's painful uh lily does say the first thing she says to damon kind of a gag she says did you have a nice nap got him there i mean too easy and he says mother and then there's an explosion and then Henry calls out and he says, hey, Salvatore, help me, help me. Um, and Damon says, Henry. Henry says, please, you must help me. Damon helps him out from under a cannon. We'll get back to that later. 
Damon says, come, Henry, we're getting you out of here. And they go. So I have to ask you, because I didn't see a reaction. Remember Henry? Nope. Of course you don't. <laughs> There's not much to remember about him, honestly, but good for this actor. Do you remember in season one, there was a point we went to an apartment that John owned that they thought Isabel was in. And there was a vampire there named Henry. And he was one of the tomb vampires. And John was helping him acclimate to life after the tomb by giving him an apartment in Grove Hill. Uh-huh. And when Damon met him, they did seem to know each other. And then Damon killed him. Yes. I mean, this actor did look familiar to me, but I didn't place it. I did not remember that at all. Well, and how would you? It's been so long. But anyway, this is the return of Henry. And so now we get some history. Why Damon killed him. Damon killed him, which actually is so fucked up after you see this. It's like, damn. I mean, let's say this. Henry should be shocked he lived through this day. I don't know. I think Henry acts with pretty, you know, reasonable smarts. No, I think Henry does fine. But just the odds of being in a situation with Damon where a bunch of people get shot and you got out, like just no tea, no shade to Henry. But if it's Damon and someone else and shooting starts happening, usually Damon's the only one to walk out. But this was before all that. This was the beginning of Damon Salvatore murderer. Yeah. We go to a tent and Damon wakes up to a bugle playing Reveille, a sound cue we'll hear many more times. Mm -hmm. And this is the fun of like a Groundhog Day scenario is the things they set up that are easily re repeatable and memorable enough to an audience that we're like, oh, we're in a Groundhog Day situation. Yeah. And it's great to have, you know, like Groundhog Day, an alarm clock that goes off. Exactly. That is like this, like we know when this music starts, it's the reset button. Mm -hmm. Henry is sitting there waiting for Damon to wake up and says, hi there, hero. You've been out a long time. So they're bestie besties. Mm -hmm. Some soldier comes in. He's got an eye patch. It's not important. I just feel like I should mention it for ambiance. Well, it's, it's a memorable factor that it's always eye patch guys. It looks like they mail. And he says mail call. Damon gets a letter and he opens it. And Henry says, oh, news from home. And Damon's like, oh, yes, it's a letter from my brother. So Stefan's voice reads this letter. Dear Damon, they tell us to only send good news, but I cannot. Now, Stefan, could you try? Like... I know you're going through something. I can't blame you for that. But your brother is in literal war. Well, yeah, that's the thing. I know you're upset about Valerie and you're right to be, but Damon is literally getting shot at. And, you know, I get that what he wants is for Damon to come home, but it's like, how exactly do you expect Damon to fix this? Like, he's kind of busy. Exactly. Stefan says, the days grow darker in Mystic Falls and my heart darker still. That diary wasn't hitting enough. He had to get someone else to read it. I know. He said, I'm kind of going off with my language here. He says, Valerie left and never came back. Father drinks himself to sleep nightly. As the anniversary of mother's death approaches, I find myself unable to sleep, paralyzed by a waking dread I cannot shake and dare not name. I wish you were here, brother, to teach me how to survive these endless nights. What's Damon going to teach you? All love. <laughs> All love. I mean, Damon is again, in war, becoming ha more and more haunted each day. Let's not trust his insight. Exactly. Damon walks through camp. He's going to see the colonel. We see a person dump out a bucket of blood. We see wounded soldiers. Damon says, oh, hi, colonel. And the colonel says, ah, Lieutenant Salvatore, do come in. And Damon says, I would like to request two weeks leave to go home. And the colonel says, yeah, everybody fucking wants that, you idiot. Denied. Yeah, one... Well, this does have, add some color to him deserting because I assumed he just literally up and left. No. <laughs> Damon says, I fear my brother is in a very bad way, sir. I would not ask if I did not believe he truly needs me. I don't wish to shirk my duties. If there's something you need done, I shall do it. 
And the colonel says, oh, word? The colonel says, well, sure. And so Damon says, yes, sir. And the colonel says, okay, I've got a mission. Honestly, it's more of a chore. Damon says, sounds perfect for me. Chore makes it sound nice and easy. (laughs) Damon says, for a chance to see my brother, I will gladly accept. Learn what it is first. Yeah. But the colonel says, there's a farmhouse 12 miles east. Rumor is there are Union sympathizers there hiding Confederate deserters. If those rumors are true, I need those deserters arrested and brought back to me. And Damon says, consider it done. Thank you, sir. Damon said, too easy. I'll turn on my own people. Yeah, I won't think about it. I can push that way down. We go out to the woods. Henry is accompanying Damon because they're besties. And Henry says, two weeks at home. Can you imagine? How grand. I cannot wait to see my girl, Olive. She's a real peach. I love that line because her name is already like a fruit. Yeah, it is funny. Henry (laughs) is cutie pie. And Henry says, do you have a sweetheart, Damon? And Damon says, no, but I have to see my brother. And Henry says, hey, can't help but, you know, think as we're walking 12 miles. Are you certain about this mission? I mean, these deserters that we're supposed to capture, they're just regular fellows who do not believe in the cause. Like, you know, we also don't. Yeah, they are like, remember, Damon not thrilled with the Confederacy. And yes, he is acting in service of the Confederacy this week, but know that he feels guilty about it. It's hell, remember? And know that like, we know this is bad and like, it's bad. (laughs) And then Damon says, it's true. I mean, I could give a damn about this war. To be honest, I only enlisted to please my father. Ouch, because that didn't even work. Yeah, that went super well, Damon. What's your dad think of you now? (laughs) Wait until you desert. That'll impress your father. (laughs) Henry says, how can you be fine with rounding up men just like you? And Damon says, it's not my fault they deserted, Henry. They made their beds. But now they're a ticket home. It's quite on the nose. They made their beds. Yeah. I mean, Damon references this later as the first time he had blood on his hands. But it's also one of the first most significant times that his selfishness was his primary motivator. Yeah, that he was like, I have to do this for me. I, I can't worry about other people right now. No time for empathy. And it's also clear, you know, in this part that he does not know he's in hell quite yet. Yeah, he thinks he's just living a day. Yeah. I will say, and we'll talk about this throughout the episode, I actually think they do some interesting stuff with the Phoenix Stone as much as I've been bitching and moaning about the Phoenix Stone. Yeah. I actually think this is like a really smart, different use of the like personal hell motif. Mm-hmm. because, you know, you think about, like, American Horror Story Coven, the personal hell motif is very, like, straightforward. Well, it's a good, I think, shift in the lesson. Like, ha- what is the lesson that gets you out of this Groundhog Day situation? That's always the question in any movie like mm-hmm. this. And Groundhog Day, it really is learning about, you know, himself. I've seen half of Groundhog Day. Groundhog Day is just being nicer to people. I yeah. Mean, but also that you can't fix everything. Yeah. Happy Death Day is literally solving a mystery, which is the path Damon takes, which is not quite correct here. And this one is a little bit more a personal lesson and like confronting what you did wrong, but also why you did it. The lesson here seems to be you need to accept that you deserve to be punished. Yeah. You need to accept that you have to suffer. Yeah. Which is why it was so much faster for Stefan because he's suffering every day already. Every day he wakes up, he says, yeah, I should. I should be suffering for what I've done. (laughs) And Damon said, no. Damon said, no, I'm right, actually. Yeah. Damon and Henry arrive to a farmhouse and they knock on the door and a lady answers. Damon says, hello, ma'am. Could you spare some dinner for two hungry soldiers? And she says, nope, sorry. She says, pass. (laughs) And Damon says, okay, uh. 
I didn't want to have to do this, but quartering is your wartime duty and not to mention the law. So let me in. And so they go in. He said, well, unfortunately, it's not really up to you. I was asking as a formality. (laughs) I was being nice, but we're done with that now. They go in and the women are cooking the, you know, they're making like two pies, big dinner, two peach pies. They're in the South. (laughs) And so Damon says, oh, hi, guys. We're going to be your surprise dinner guests. And Henry says, should I go check upstairs? And Damon says, yes, please. And you can see the grandma is like, fuck these dudes. Yeah. Damon says, Henry here is going to freshen up. Clean hands, clean mind. I'm sure you're not one of the families hiding munitions from the war effort, but, you know, orders being what they are, it's my duty to check. So he starts searching. He finds jars of peaches and he says, "Okay, well, I'm glad to see someone takes the warning about the devil and and idle hands seriously. And one of the ladies says, we have a lot of fruit. Yeah. She's like, what do you want us to do? Like we're women in the 1860s. We we jar fruit. Like That's it. Like that's kind of a whole gag. Damon says, oh, yeah, I see all the fruit you got. And then the little girl. Not, she's not that little. She's like she's like a teenager. Yeah, uh, she goes to the pantry and lets out the two deserters. So clearly they've had this plan. The deserters point their guns at Damon. Damon points them back, and the soldier says, "Hey, go ahead and lay that gun down, pretty please." And Damon says, "I don't want any trouble." And so he does put his gun down. And the soldier says, "Hey, you turn around, you go home right now. You will find no trouble." Should have taken that. The other soldier says, "Like all we want is to go home." Damon turns to the door. He sees Henry there with a gun. And so he knows he has backup. So Damon says, that's the problem. I want to go home too. So he reaches for his gun. Henry shoots. There's a lot of gunfire, but essentially everyone ends up dead but Damon and Henry. Yeah. Mostly by Damon's hand. Yeah. I mean, everybody gets a shot in, but Damon does a lot of the shooting. Or at least Damon's who, you know, are central figures. Figures. Damon certainly shoots the grandmother in the neck, which... Targeted. And I think he shoots the last soldier too, because the other soldier, that soldier is going to shoot Henry. Yeah, I believe so. Because he has a pretty good death. That one soldier that he goes, ah, yeah, he's good. (laughs) I'm not making fun of him. (laughs) Henry says, oh God, Damon, what have we done? Damon says, well, we killed everybody. Damon said, well, you see all the blood on my face. Uh, Pretty straightforward. I'm not, I'm not happy with this either. And then there's a creek in the basement. So Damon says, wait here. And he goes in. And he says, please, enough blood has been shed. Lay down your weapon, please. And who comes out of the shadows but Miss Lily? Damon says, wait, mother. It's like, of course you're here. And Lily says, hello, Damon. And Damon says, you can't be here because you died of consumption. We buried you in Mystic Falls. And Lily says, oh, my sweet son, (laughs) I'm dead. All right. You saw to that. Then it starts to come back to Damon. Damon says, you died. I was there. This doesn't make any sense. And Lily says, but it's starting to come back to you. And he says, this isn't real. Yeah. And she says, your spirit is trapped inside the Phoenix Stone. So she tells him straight ahead, because I do think it's more suffering for Damon to know he's in the Phoenix Stone. Yeah, absolutely. Well, and I think that's true for most. Yeah, I think so. To know that, you know, you're reliving this thing that you couldn't change back then and you're getting to relive it, but you still can't change it because this is what you did and this is what you need to atone for. Yeah. She says, this really happened, didn't it? Damon says, yeah, in 1863, I got a letter from Stefan. He seemed hopeless. I just wanted to go home to him. Even though I had my doubts, I started to round up deserters. It all went so wrong so fast. That it did. It was quick. Yeah. Lily says, here's a quick question. Did you ever take responsibility for the incident? And he says, what do you mean? Yeah, his subconscious is like, look, we've been in the background, but it's clear we got to move forward a little bit. 
they're asking the hard-hitting questions and damon does not seem to be like well, well why would i try to take responsibility <laughs> lily says you and henry covered it up and then never spoke of it again damon says how do you know that <laughs> i know that how do you know that he said yeah but you i never told you that so this doesn't make any sense lily says you know maybe it's time to give yourself up and damon says why for what you know they were deserters well as if he didn't immediately desert after this and then he says they ambushed us you ambushed them decidedly how did they ambush you in their own fucking house because they came out of the cellar it's like okay and then he says I didn't come here looking to kill anybody. Well, you did, King. Intent is irrelevant, buddy. Lily says, you had your reservations, but still you marched forward. And Damon says, oh, so hell is being raked over the coals for something I haven't thought about in 150 years? Maybe that's the lesson. Maybe, yeah, maybe the lesson is this weird that you haven't thought about this in 150 years. But Damon says, sorry, you're going to have to do a lot better than that. And she's like, I'm not the fucking stone. I'm your mother and your subconscious. And also... We've got more. Don't worry. Also, you don't have to challenge us to that. This was just to, this was setting the baseline, babe. This is literally exposition. Yeah. <laughs> Lily says, you know, the longer you keep your trauma at arm's length, the harder this is going to be for you. And he says, and he, do- he doesn't take that to hurt at all. Yeah, that went in one ear out the other. He says, yeah, I'm going to keep my trauma at arm's length. And what? He said, that's okay. But if I keep my trauma at arm's length, I can outsmart hell. Yeah. Something that is absolutely possible. And something that I can do and will do quite quickly. <laughs> Damon says, I see. And this PTSD puppet show wouldn't happen to be by chance a ploy to get me to feel remorse for your pointless death. Because it ain't working, mama. First of all, that's obviously exactly what it is. And second of all, it will work. Well, it's already working. Like, Damon, the lady doth protest too much already. Yeah. You're saying you don't care about her death quite a bit. This is actually the approach Stefan should take with Damon, is if you really didn't care about your mother, you wouldn't have said shit when she died. You wanted to be mean because you cared. Yeah, exactly. But Stefan, you know, he's not quite there. Stefan's got his own issues going on. I'm not even going to get into him this week. He's pretty quiet, so we don't need to open those floodgates. (laughs) (laughs) I don't need to be on my Stefan Defender-ish this week. I kind of get a break. You're like, finally a break from Stefan. Now I can talk about how Damon is selfish. Yes! (laughs) What a week! (laughs) Best episode of season seven. But now I'll be on my Damon Defender-ish. And no Valerie. Yeah, that's nice. We go over to the Salvatore house, where Damon gasps awake on a table with the Phoenix Stone on his chest. And it's like, damn, they figured this out fast. Good for them. And at this point, it does feel like if hell is just going to be like killing people in the Civil War, mm-hmm. we don't really need to see any more than what we just saw. Exactly. So it does kind of feel like, OK, good. We got out of there. And it does give us enough stakes to keep us thinking this is real for quite some time. Yeah. Bonnie says, oh, Damon, please tell me you know who you are. Like, say something. And Damon says, I know who I am, Bon Bon. So, and we use the nickname so we know it's him. Mm-hmm. Bonnie says, good. That means I actually got the spell right for once. Hey, how do you feel? Damon says, like, I just lived a day in the life of a young Damon Salvatore. And Bonnie says, a day? Damon, you've been dead for three months. And it's like, oh. <laughs> X-Files theme plays. Yeah. <laughs> um, Bonnie pours him a drink and says, like, hey, are you sure you're okay? Like, no desire to lash out, break anything. Damon says, no, but you don't look so good. She has a nosebleed. And she says, oh, I'm fine. You know, I'm just weak. It took three heretics to successfully find Julian's spirit in that stone, and I did it solo. And Damon says, wow, question, you know, it's not like I was expecting a parade, but where the fuck is my parade? Yeah. And Bonnie says, well, Caroline's at Whitmore, Rick's at a lecture, Matt's on patrol. 
sorry, it's been three months. Like, it's not like, and Damon says, yeah, yeah, it's not like time stood still. I get it. No offense taken. Me when I'm offended. <laughs> well, yeah. Damon, remember when you were in love with your girlfriend while Stefan was drowning in a safe? Like, life goes on. It happens. Damon says, oh, where's Stefan? And Bonnie says, mm, you're going to need another drink. And Damon says, where is he, Bonnie? And Bonnie says, when Julian stabbed you, Nora stabbed Stefan. And I haven't been able to bring him back yet. And I will say at this point, even I was like, it's kind of weird they didn't pull Stefan first because like I wasn't getting into the how to pull them out. But just like if you're looking at Damon and Stefan and who can handle hell more, like I would be like, we better grab Stefan first. Just like logistically. And also, unfortunately, like Caroline's going to get a say. Yeah. And she's going to say Stefan. She said, I'm, pick- I'm picking the boyfriend. Matt'll pick Stefan if like Matt gets a vote. And Bonnie will be like, well, I have to learn how to do it. Like, I'll get them both out. I just... I will work on whoever. Yeah. Damon says, you're telling me my brother is still stuck in here and you brought me out first. And Bonnie says, that didn't even sound like a glimmer of a thank you. (laughs) And Damon says, where is he, Bonnie? And Bonnie says, in his bedroom. And I was like, how would she know that? He's in the stone. And I was like, oh, they mean physically. (laughs) Damon says, we have to get him out. And Bonnie says, yeah, I will when I can, Damon. It took all of my magic just to pull you out. And Damon says, I don't care now. Uh, They go up to Stefan's room, but his body is not in the bed or anything. So Damon says, what, do you look, put him in the closet? Which I was like, that's fair. I mean, it's depressing to have a dead body out there the whole time, but that's not even the situation. Bonnie says, well, the thing is, he was just in here. And Damon says, well, now he's not. Which begs the question, how do you not see an unconscious vampire walk out the front door? Bonnie sees a sticky note. I guess it's not a sticky note. It's a note with a dirt. And it says, who's up for a barbecue? And Bonnie says, he didn't walk out the front door. Someone took him. And it was at this point, I was like, it's been three months. And then the second Damon gets up, Julian takes stuff. And that's kind of weird. But I, you know, I was like, well, you know, it's fucking Julian. So who knows what the fuck he's ever doing? Like, yeah. And also, it's not like the storytelling this season has always been perfectly sensical. So it's like, why not? I was like, sure. He Maybe he was waiting for them all to be distracted. And like, usually they're here. I don't know. But I did... I did clock this as weird. I just didn't clock it as weird in the correct way. Yeah. We go to Matt's car. Matt's on the phone with everybody and says, uh, if Julian were in Mystic Falls, I think I'd know. And Damon says, don't you think you're giving yourself a little too much credit there, Donovan? And Matt says, all I'm saying is the guy's not shy about making himself known. And that's fair. Caroline says, Matt, if Julian scorches Stefan's body, we can't get him back. Like, thank you for that, Caroline. That's really useless. Well, and also because like, We've gotten bodies back from all sorts of situations. Let's say that. (laughs) Damon says no one is scorching anyone. Not yet. Listen, Julian left a note clearly luring us somewhere for a reason, guys. And Bonnie says, well, we could always try a locator spell. Caroline says, no way, Bonnie. You literally just dragged Damon out of hell. I can't even believe you're standing right now. Damon says she wasn't talking to you. He says, you think you have enough juice? And Bonnie says, guess we could find out. And Matt is like, hey, Bonnie. You have been exhausting yourself every day for the last few months. At least let me check the town surveillance tapes first. And this is fair. Both Matt and Caroline are right to tell Bonnie to take a break. Yeah, she should take a break. But at the same time, like, it's just a locator spell. It's kind of one of the easier ones, which not to say she shouldn't take a break. But, you know, this does beg the question, where's Valerie's ass? Yeah. Not like I want her here. I want her gone. But isn't she on their side? Yeah, see, don't you think if it was Valerie, she'd be working on Stefan? Like, yeah, where the hell is Valerie? Not that in love with Stefan, I guess. Hmm, interesting. Interesting. Damon says, you and who else? Unless the Mystic Falls Police Department has had a hiring surge since I was out. 
And then the silence Damon takes as like, okay, you're right. It's just me. And so Damon says, didn't think so. Can you find him? And Bonnie says, yeah, I'll see what I can do. She starts to do a locator spell. In the other room, Damon asks Caroline if she wants a drink. Caroline says, I am 28 weeks pregnant. Damon says, was that a yes or no to the drink? And Caroline says, you know, what is it like inside your head? I'm genuinely curious because it must be wonderfully liberating to only see what you want to see. And this is so Phoenix Stone of her to say. Yeah. <laughs> he should have seen this coming. <laughs> Damon says, wonder what I'm curious about. Why the Phoenix Stone made my mother a character in my hellscape when it had so many other options of torture to choose from? It's yeah. it's a good question you should be thinking about. Well, and uh, Damon, unfortunately, I think the answer is simpler than you think. It's because they know this is the most volatile one. Yeah. You know, I, I hate to bring back Connor Jordan, as I do often, but this is a whole fancy stone. And Connor Jordan was still haunting people, you know, at least the same level, I would say, because he had Elena gagged gagged. Yeah. Caroline says... And this is why I begged Bonnie to get Stefan out first. This is actually a totally incredible move of the Phoenix Stone to be like, by the way, no one cares about you as much as Stefan. By the way, no one actually wanted you out. Everyone's kind of mad that it's you. Yeah, by the way, you're actually everyone's second choice. Not just your mothers, all your friends too. Yeah, which is like... <laughs> this, And this is like the C plot of hell. Yeah. They didn't have to put this in. <laughs> they said, no, this one's just going to be easy. It's going to make him feel a little off balance. Yeah. Damon says, well, why didn't she get Stefan out first? And Caroline says, because logic prevailed. And Damon says, what's that supposed to mean? And Caroline says, nothing. And Damon says, you know, Blondie, you do not get to make this moment the only time you ever decide to shut up. Tell me what I'm missing. And Caroline says, look, I don't know what you've just been through or what it's like in that thing. But the longer that you are trapped, the more your humanity gets stripped away. And Damon says, well, here I am full of emotions. The question is, why isn't my brother? And Caroline says, because we figured if you were gone too long, you would come back devoid of humanity, hell bent on killing Bonnie to revive Elena. And this is targeted with Phoenix Stone because it's like, are you a bad enough person that you would do that? You killed just to go see your brother for two weeks. You killed innocent people. Will you kill your friend for the woman you love? Yeah. Think about it. Think about it. And he does think about it. He can't stop, in fact. Bonnie like stumbles a little bit and Caroline says Bonnie and she says the spell worked. He's on route 29, but she's got like a nosebleed. She looks weak. Yeah. And so Caroline says, okay, Damon, you go. I'll take care of Bonnie. We go to a diner off route 29. Stefan is laying on a table and Damon enters and Julian's there. And Julian says, Damon, you're alive. I was half expecting the cute witch or the pregnant blonde. And he's like, which is confusing because why is she pregnant anyway? I don't know. If to, I don't really care. <laughs> and even at this point, I'm like, throw a steak at Julian. Which, you know, at least in this version, there's a reason he can't. Yeah. Damon says, well, you're just going to have to settle for the ornery brother. And Julian says, right. Damon says, BTW, what is that putrid smell? And Julian says, oh, uh, I was at a petrol station earlier and I got a little carried away with the nozzle. I'm afraid your brother is quite soaked. Sit down. Damon doesn't want to sit down. Yeah. And so Julian says, well, if you're not going to join me for the meal, I suppose I could just skip forward to the after dinner smoke. And he lights his Zippo lighter to be like, I will light your brother on fire if you don't sit and talk to me. Well, and I get the Zippo lighter for style points, but you can blow those shits out so easily. Not easily enough for Damon to do it, I guess. So, well, that wouldn't be very productive for hell. Yeah. Damon sits and Julian says, so do you want to talk about it? And Damon says, are we really doing this? And Julian says, yes, we are really doing this. And at first it's like, why the hell is Julian trying to bond over the stone? But really, this is the stone being like this working yet? Yeah, how you how you feeling? Julian says, you know, I've never had the opportunity to share war stories with another stone survivor. Come on, how'd you fare? Tell me everything. 
And Damon says, oh, gladly. As soon as Stefan's home soul sucked out of that rock, we can all sit and pop open a bottle of Chardonnay, chat and eat bonbons till the sun comes up. And Julian laughs and says, okay, perhaps I should start. He says, upon waking up in that wretched world, I saw your mother and then I killed her every day for over a century. I watched her die every day. I had my heart torn out from my chest. It was complete and utter misery. This is a repeat of what he's already told us. But I do have to ask now that we've been in the stone and we've seen that it, I mean, and maybe the stone is doing something different for Damon than it does for other people. But the stone does not seem to be so straightforward as wake up, kill your girlfriend, die. Yeah. So do you think this is what happened to Julian in the stone? Or do you think there's more to that, to it than that? I think there's more to it than that. I do think, you know, we would think if he's killing his girlfriend, it's because he killed her or felt guilty about like wanting to kill someone to save himself, something like that. I think there's more color to it, but it also could be that his lesson early on was like, you have to get, you have to be able to give up the things you love in order to keep proving that lesson was learned. Cause it's not like someone was waiting for his soul to pop up in the stone. Like even if he learned the lesson immediately, he's still got to do stuff. Yeah. So got to live the day over and over again. Damon says, well, I had a slightly different experience. Overall, I give hell one star for horror and two very disappointed thumbs down for clever use of parable. And it is kind of like, yeah, I mean, it it was kind of easy for him. Like, it wasn't that crazy of a of an experience. Well, yeah, it was just like repeating something that happened that he feels bad about, but it doesn't really bother him. Obviously, it bothers him when he lets on. Yeah. Well, of course, this is meant to be like, well, good thing they got him out before something bad happened. Not like, yeah, we're not done. Julian says, so it didn't work on you. They want to get him to say it. Yeah, they said, oh, so you think you're better than us. Damon says, it was called hell. Let's just say I had expectations. And Julian says, well, I think you simply resisted. And Damon said, hell yeah, I resisted. It was hell. Why would I lean into that? Damon says, resisted what? And Julian holds the lighter and tosses it over to Stefan. So Stefan catches on fire. And Julian says, you resisted facing the pain. You so naturally and willfully push away. And I will say once Stefan caught on fire, I was like, oh, this is hell still. But I didn't say it right away. I was but I was like, oh, oh, he's not out. Damon says, no, Stefan. And then Lily appears and she says, Damon, it's too late. And then when she's there, okay, it's it's like, yeah, he's not out. He's in that stone still. Damon (laughs) says no. And Lily says, yes. Damon says this isn't real. And Lily says the pain is real. The feeling is real. As soon as you figure that out, you'll be one step closer. And he says, closer to what? And then we go back to Damon waking up on the table to the bugle. Yeah. And then it's like, okay, so we're in a bit of a Groundhog Day situation here. And it's clear when he wakes up, he knows where he is. He remembers everything he's just gone through. And he's like, oh, no. Oh, brother. I did not get out of the stone, it appears. And I was talking a lot of shit on how lame hell was. Turns out that was just the amuse bouche. Turns out I was tempting hell to be a little meaner to me, which I'm not really capable of handling right now, (laughs) if I'm honest. Henry says his, you know, hi there, hero. You've been out a long time. And then it's mail call again. He gets the letter again. He does the same walk through camp. He goes to the same tent with the colonel. And Damon says, hey, I would love to help you with your deserter problem. And the colonel says, okay, there's a firm house. And Damon says, I'm on it. And also just to get the rules clear, if I bring these deserters back alive, I go home to see my brother. And the colonel says, yeah. And Damon says, all right, let's go. 
Damon said, cool, I understand the rules now. And now I know where I am so I can do it better this time. I can fix the whole situation and I'll be out by wheel. Now I can outthink hell. Yeah. We go into the woods. It's the same scene with Henry. Henry says, I can't wait to see my girl Olive. She's a peach. Ha ha ha. Henry says, oh, Damon, do you have a sweetheart? But this time Damon says, yes. No. You know what, Henry? I got to admit, things are a little bit fuzzy right now. He's like, Henry, we don't really need to discuss this. I'm trying to figure out how I'm going to get out of this one. And Henry says, back to my other point, aren't these men just regular fellows? And Damon says, technically, yes. But, you know, I'm starting to think they stand for something much bigger now. (laughs) And Henry says, well, yes, they are protesting (laughs) on behalf of their political beliefs. And Damon says that they are, Henry. They might take it out of here, though, and I got to bring them back alive. He said, I haven't learned anything yet. Yeah, Damon said, I didn't really mean they symbolize something bigger in that way. It was more for me personally. Yeah. We go to the house again, Damon knocks, and this time he says, hey, can we come in? And before you say no, quartering's the law. And I love pie. So he speeds that along a little bit. He's like, okay, we're we're moving. Henry says, oh, I'll go check upstairs. And Damon says, please do not. And Henry says, but there could be people up there. And Damon says, there aren't. And then Damon says, hey, Granny, I'm going to have to ask you to set that knife down and stand here by the table. And you too, kid, and actually all of you ladies, come stand over here by the table. Henry says, hey, Damon, what are you doing? Damon says, trust me, I got this. Mm -hmm. And he's like, don't set the table. We're not going to get to dinner. I know you guys have two deserters in the basement. No one has to get hurt. We're just going to take these men back to our camp. And that's that. But of course, because he's occupied with these people, the soldiers in the pantry come out and shoot Henry. And then they point a gun at Damon and Damon says, don't. And then there's a bunch of shooting and it ends up with everybody but Damon and Henry dead again. And it's like, damn, that got away from me because he's like, I got it. I'll put them over there. Yeah. And the deserters hopefully won't hear me say that. And no one will die. And then it's very final destination. They all just die in a different way. Yeah. And Damon says, OK, well, that didn't go well. And then we go back to the Salvador house and Damon wakes up on the table with the stone. Same scene we saw earlier. And Bonnie says, Damon. And Damon says, don't worry, I know who I am. Also, you're not real. And she says, uh, I don't know about that. <laughs> he gives her a Kleenex and she's like, oh, what's that for? And But then she realizes she has a nosebleed. She says, I'm fine. I'm just weak. You know, it took three heretics to find Julian. And Damon says, yeah, yeah, you did it solo. Good news is I know where Julian's keeping Stefan's body. So you can sit back, relax, and not have to worry about that locator spell. And Bonnie says, what the hell are you talking about? <laughs> and Damon says, Right. Spoiler alert. Well, you were working on me. Julian stole Stefan's body. I'm going to get it back. And then Stefan comes in and says that won't be necessary. And this is where the stone diverges from a classic Groundhog Day scenario. Mm -hmm. And I think this is what's fun about it is that a Groundhog Day scenario could have been very fun here. Yeah. And I think it would have done a lot of the same things. But I love that they're like, "Mm, you actually don't know what we're going to do next. Well, yeah. And like, no, you can't outthink this. And we see you trying something new, so we're going to try something new. They're like, the lesson is not figure out a way not to kill these people because that's who you are. You're going to kill these people. Yeah, and you killing these people sets up your life and how you continue to kill people over the course of time. You know, mm-hmm. it's some is justified, some is not, but this was the beginning of it all. Yeah. Damon says, you're not supposed to be here. And, and- Stefan said, well, I'm here and I'm definitely real. So <laughs> jot that down. They go to get drinks. Stefan says, before you say anything, please don't hold it against Caroline for pulling me out first. Damon says, never even occurred to me, but he's hurt. Yeah, but he's like, well, okay, it was kind of unfair that in this one I 
got pulled out second. Interesting. Even though a part of him must like at least be pretty sure this is fake. Yeah. And he still finds the time to be like, oh. And he's still like, wait a second. Why'd you change that detail? <laughs> he's like, hey. <laughs> he's like, how is it the first time I was taken out first, but everyone resented me for it? And I'm taken out second and no one resents Stefan? Well, and it's very much like I think they are trying to not do a trick because they do bring his mom up early, but they do kind of give him clues to get in his head that this is about saving his brother, not about coming to terms with himself. Yeah. Damon says, so is this the part where we compare notes, analyze the symbolism, convince each other we're survivors? And Stefan says, you know, to be honest, I just lived 168 years of mistakes, grief and pain on a perpetual loop. So I'm down to just skip to the part where we get drunk. Also, Damon Subconscious is like, I don't know what happened to Stefan, so I can't comment on it. Yeah, you know Stefan. He's always guilty about something, so we'll just be super vague. We'll just allude to that. (laughs) Yeah, we don't really know what Stefan's hell was like. Yeah. We'll talk about it later when he talks about it. Mm -hmm. They cheers. Because Damon's like, whatever, I might as well get drunk. And Stefan says, why? Um, Out of pure curiosity, just just spitballing conversation topics here, what happened to you in there? Yeah. Feel anything? Reactions? Thoughts? Musing? Lessons? Damon says, ah, just a gruesome Civil War saga, Confederate flags, carnage, lots of lives going kaput. And Stefan says, so it got to you, huh? And Damon says, "Mm, some Rock's obsession with my personal accountability in a wartime tragedy? Not particularly. So that's what the kids are calling it? Your personal accountability in a wartime tragedy? You killing five people? Yeah. That's what we're calling it? And then he says, what? And Stefan says, I mean, (laughs) you didn't feel anything? And Damon says, of course, I felt a burning desire to get home to my sad sack of a brother so I could help him get over a girl he just met. And Stefan says, so the part with the innocent people bleeding out all over the farmhouse floorboards, that did nothing for you? And he's like, "Okay, well, so I'm definitely not out. (laughs) Damon says, oh, I knew it. (laughs) Damon said, oh, come on. And Stefan says, knew what? (laughs) Damon says, you're not real. And so he grabs Stefan's heart and says, sorry, bro, got to hit the reset. Pulls Stefan's heart out. Stefan dies. And this does reset. Damon wakes up to the bugle. So this hell is setting up a rule that it resets when he kills Steph. Or that when he like, when the death of whatever given scene happens. Yeah. And so when I saw this, I was like, oh, he's going to come out and kill Stefan. I mean, I mean, it was the Phoenix Stone ate on that one. Like they really got his ass. It's effective. Damon wakes up. Henry's there, but. Damon doesn't let Henry say his line this time. Damon says, get your gun, Henry. And Henry says, why? Henry's like, you just woke up. Damon says, I'm starting to see a pattern and you and I are going to solve this little puzzle. And then we go over to the Lockwood house. We see Damon on a table with a Phoenix stone. Different Henley. Yeah, but in this scene, he has a Henley on. In the other one, he has no shirt on. And in this scene, they're in the Lockwood house, not the Salvatore house. Mm -hmm. And everyone's there. So that gives us a good that this is the real Enough that I was like, okay, here's real. Yeah. Stefan, Caroline, and Matt are all huddled around Bonnie. She's doing the spell. And Bonnie says, the spell is not working. I don't understand. It's like the stone is hiding his spirit. They said, I'm still working on this one, girl. They said, girly, this one's a tough nut to crack. He does not want to listen to us. They said, girly, <laughs> you got to give us a minute. The gunfire was not as effective as we expected. Matt says, hey, maybe you should take a break. You've been trying all day. And Stefan says, she can't. The longer he stays in there, the more damaged he'll be when he gets out. And Bonnie says, and whose fault is that? Gagged. I mean, I mean, listen, there's a lot of people you can blame. I do think you can blame Stefan for Damon getting in there. But Damon's suffering in there and the issues he's going to have when he gets out directly correlates to his own fucking bullshit. 
Yeah, but that wouldn't be something you would have to work through if he wasn't in the stone. Absolutely. Also, this is the other thing. Stefan, call Valerie. If Bonnie's too weak to do that, that's fine. But you have another witch on speed dial. I know you can't call Nora or Mary Louise or Beau, but you can call Valerie. Well, let's pray. And I know this isn't true because that would mean she was being fucking useful. But Valerie, take this time to kill Julian. If only. But I know she didn't. She's busy sitting at home doing who knows what. Reading that diary. Reading that same damn diary. Pick up a different book. Valerie catching strays. She's not even in this episode. (laughs) Bonnie says, you of all people don't get to lecture me. And Caroline says, okay, I know we're all just a little stressed right now. So let's take a deep breath and we can start again when Bonnie's ready. And also, it, it is not clear how long it's been in this timeline. It does not seem like it's been three months. Yeah, I don't think it's been three months. Matt says, I don't get it. We pulled Stefan out. No problem. What's different now? And Stefan says, because he's not ready yet. You know, when I was in there, I could barely remember who I was. Then I was hit with visions and tests. But the worst part of hell isn't what you're going through. It's the sliver of hope you can get out on your own. Which, of course, we see Damon has that sliver of hope bigger than a sliver. He's got a whole pie of hope. Yeah, and he's clinging on to it like nobody's business. And Bonnie says, well, then how come we had no trouble reuniting your soul with your body? And Stefan says, because eventually I submitted to the kind of suffering that just breaks you. Knowing Damon, he'll do anything he can to avoid that kind of pain, which means we may never be able to get him out. That's not really helpful to say, Stefan. Uh, Here's what I would love to ask you, knowing what Stefan just said, what do you think Stefan's hell was now having seen Damon's and knowing what Stefan said here? Any thoughts? I'm sure it's a lot of, I mean, I know I said the Ripper stuff last time, but maybe it's, you know, a little more Damon focused, feeling guilty that he couldn't protect Damon, probably guilt for uh, this situation. I mean, there's a number of cases throughout Stefan's life where he has like technically been at fault for Damon's death or Damon's transition to vampire, et cetera. So I think there's a lot of that Damon guilt that will stick out more than anything. So do you think he's going to be reliving an event we know? I think based off the Damon stuff, it's going to be one we don't know. Mm-hmm. But I think colored by additional information. I mean, there are just, there's so much bullshit Stefan has gone through in his life. Like, it's really, the Phoenix Stone got him and said, oh, we have so much leeway with this one. They said, this one's too easy. We could put him in a safe. We could put him in Savannah again. Monterey. Monterey. Chicago. We can just put him on an endless road where he's running with cream violets to a a mother who's already dead. Like maybe he's killing his dad again. Like there's just all sorts of stuff. But, uh, you know, thinking about Damon's that it is kind of the origin of a lot of that pain. That could be a sign of what Stefan relives, you know. That's true. That is true. We go back into Damon's hell. It's the woods. They're walking to the farmhouse as they do, Damon and Henry. And Henry says, I can't wait to see my girl Olive. And Damon says, well, I bet she's a real peach. And Henry's like, she is. I was just going to say that. <laughs> How'd you know? She really is. And Damon says, and yes, Henry, I have a girl. She's in a sleeping beauty spell. Long story. So here's what I'm thinking. Why today? Out of all of Damon Salvatore's greatest hits, this farmhouse kerfuffle was barely a B-side. And then I realized this is where it all began. This was the first time I ever had blood on my hands. I took the mission. I gave the order. And Henry is like, what the hell are you talking about? He said, what do you mean blood on your hands? We're just... Picking him up, right? We haven't even gotten there yet. And what? Sleeping Beauty? Sleeping Beauty spell? <laughs> I do think this is an attempt at, for Damon to understand, but I do think 
he's treating this like a mystery to be solved, mm-hmm. a puzzle he can outthink. And so he's like, oh, logically, I understand that this is maybe the first time I killed someone. And so that's what they're trying to show me. Reflect a little further, Damon. It is when you're in a Groundhog Day situation, you're like, okay, let me figure out what lesson I have to learn. But of course, the lesson you think you have to learn is not the lesson you have to learn. Otherwise, you would have already learned your lesson. Yeah. Like, so he, trying to find the right lesson. And this is really happy death day. Like, I just have to solve why this kill was important and who did it. I mean, he doesn't have to solve who did it. Obviously, he did it. Yeah. But like, I just have to solve this mystery and then bada bing, bada boom, I'm out of the stone. And I'm not traumatized at all, which I'm sure the stone doesn't have a, a workaround for. Yeah. I'm sure the stone will let me get out and avoid trauma. Mm-hmm. Henry says, you know, I don't think you're well. Maybe your fever is back. Maybe we should turn around. Yeah, Henry's like, I don't know what the fuck you're saying. And Damon says, I'm not sick, Henry. The point is, the weeks after the farmhouse massacre, when I was crushed by the guilt and self-loathing, do you know the one person I wanted to talk to? My brother. Lie. Me when I lie? Literally me when I lie. (laughs) That has to be the solution to this hell puzzle, too. We find a way to get to Stefan, and we stop reliving this day over and over again. Does that make sense? And Henry says, yeah, I insist that we return to camp. You are not yourself. Henry says, that doesn't make any sense. In fact, nothing you just said made sense. And what was with you saying massacre? Yeah, we are just going to pick people up. I don't even know why we have our guns. (laughs) Damon says, do you want leave to see your peach of a sweetheart, Henry? And Henry nods because he does want to see his his girl, Olive, because she's a peach. I mean, Olive, the woman that you are. Olive lives in his mind rent free. (laughs) And then Damon says, follow my lead, Waddles. I'm going to get this right. So Henry's last name is Waddles. (laughs) Henry Waddles. Damon knocks on the door. The same woman answers. He says, hello, beautiful. What a great smile you have. She's not smiling. She's not smiling and she won't. Damon says, I'm going to need you, your daughter and grandma to come out here on the porch with private Waddles. Soldier's orders. And he's like, okay, I get what I messed up last time. You guys can't be within firing range. I can fix that. Yeah. And this is a good plan. I mean, it's smart to do this. Yeah. So he says, come on out, ladies. That's right. Thank you. Right here on the porch. It's a nice day. Damon goes in and goes to the pantry and says, okay, I know you're down there. I need you to toss out your weapons on the count of three or I'm going to kill your host family. He's trying not to kill his host family, but, you know, he's got a threat in it. Yeah. They've got to have a reason to come out. And he He says one, two, and then the door opens and one gun slides out. And then he says three and another gun slides out. And he says, that's good. Okay. Now come out one at a time, arms raised. And they start to come out, arms raised. And then one soldier pulls a pin out of a grenade and rolls it at Damon's feet. And he explodes. (laughs) (laughs) And Damon's like, oh, man. As soon as the grenade's there, Damon's like, okay, well. (laughs) said, okay, well, I know what I'm doing next time. I just have to walk another 12 miles to do it. Yeah. (laughs) We go back to camp. And Damon wakes up to the bugle again. And then we do a classic feature of like a Groundhog Day type movie, which is we have a montage of a bunch of days. Yeah, just a little bit of like, okay, clearly it's going to take you a few more times. Let's see all the all the fun ways this goes off the rails because it's not working and it's not going to work. Henry says, hey, hero, you've been out a long time. We go over, Damon knocks at the door and Damon says, let's try this again. He gets the girls outside again and he points the gun at the pantry and he says, okay. I know you have a grenade. (laughs) He said, we're not doing the grenade. We're opening with the grenade this time. (laughs) He says, this time, I need you to gently slide the grenade out to me first. Next, I want your revolvers. 
And I want all of this on the count of three or I kill your host family. He said that should cover it. He said, I think we're good here. He says, one, the grenade rolls out. Two, a revolver comes out. Three, another revolver. And then Damon says, awesome. Now come out one at a time, arms raised. And they do come out and things sound great until Henry says, Damon. And Damon turns around and the ladies now have guns. They've turned the tables on Henry out on the porch. This is funny because <laughs> not only it's just a funny shot. They look like video game start characters, the way they're all standing. Yeah. And the mother and the daughter both have guns. The grandma's got a fucking machete. She's real. <laughs> like he's gagged. And Damon says, I'm really starting to hate you three. And then one of them and then the little girl shoots him. Yeah. <laughs> and he wakes up in bed again. Henry says, hey, hero, you've been out a long time. And it's mail call again. Damon gets the letter and tears it up. And Henry says, what'd you do that for? <laughs> well, Henry's confused every time. Damon writes a letter to Stefan and says, Stefan, never write me again. Mail. And then that immediately resets. They're like, no. <laughs> he said, mm-mm, mm-mm. Damon wakes up in bed again. Henry says, hey, hero. <laughs> And the more times he says, hey, hero, as he's continually failing, that's targeted. Uh, yeah, yeah, the Phoenix Stone is giggling, giggling about that one. This time, Damon goes to the colonel's tent and the colonel says, you know, if you bring the deserters back to me, you shall have your leave, Salvatore. And Damon says, gotta ask, does the offer still stand if I bring him back dead? He had to ask. And it's worth asking because it would appear that the guy was like, oh, sure. Yeah. Which is what's even funnier because then we know they covered this up and they didn't have to. He would have been fine. Yeah. We go back to the farmhouse. Damon comes straight in and just shoots the deserters through the door of the pantry. It opens and then they their bodies fall out. But then Damon hears a gun cock and he was like, oh, man. And he turns around and it's the grandma and she shoots him. Yeah. And that's the end of the montage. Yeah, because clearly he's like, OK, we're done with the fucking farmhouse. Yeah. Obviously, I'm not going to outthink the farmhouse. Yeah. Clearly, no matter how that goes, there's always a gun i haven't thought of yeah <laughs> so then damon wakes up in the tent but this time we hear the bugle again henry says hi hero been out a long time mail call happens again and damon says oh screw this and he starts to leave and henry says hey where are you going and damon says you know what the shortest distance between point a and point b is henry a straight line to get out of this hell i have to see my brother so i'm going straight to him i'm deserting to mystic falls you couldn't even outthink the scenario hell gave you. You can't think outside of it. I'm so sorry. Well, and I don't really get why he didn't try this earlier because yeah. clearly the farmhouse like wasn't working. <laughs> and so he might as well just start walking. Now, is it going to let him get to Mystic Falls and just see his brother like, and then you're out of hell. You did it. No, but at least it's something different, I guess. Yeah. Henry says, oh, really? Can I like come dessert with you? I'm dying to dessert. Yeah. He's like, I'll go whatever. Damon says, you know how you always say I'm a hero, Henry? I'm no hero. And then he tosses a grenade at Henry. Henry's like, what's fun? And someone yells, grenade! And there's an explosion. Poor Henry's like, I just called you a hero one time. You're that mad about it? <laughs> we could have talked this through. You didn't have to explode me. <laughs> Damon is walking in the woods. He's looking at his compass and he's in a good mood. He's whistling. Yeah, because he's like, I'm getting out of hell today. I figured it out. Yeah, he's like, I am so smart. The The way to beat hell is to subvert the rules that they built to teach the lesson I'm meant to learn. Because hell will let me do that. Yeah, I'm allowed to cheat my way out of hell. We see him walk past the farmhouse. He keeps walking and then he arrives at the farmhouse. Yeah. So obviously it's a circle they've put him in. And who comes out to the porch but Lily? 
Because at least the Phoenix Stone, unlike the prison world, they bounded it. Yeah. <laughs> this is something the Gemini Coven could have learned from whoever created the Phoenix Stone. Yeah. Damon says, no way. <laughs> and Lily says, come in, we've been expecting you. And Damon says, well, at least it's, you know, not those same people. Yeah. And Damon comes in and he says, well, this is different. Where the hell is everybody? And Lily says, keep your voice down. I can see them coming in the distance. And Damon says, who? And Lily says, the Confederates are hunting deserters. They will kill you. You need to hide in the cellar. So now he's the deserter. Mm -hmm. And you made a guess here, which I think was right, that you're like, oh, he's going to kill himself now. Yeah, I thought he was going to go down into the cellar and then he'd come out and it would be him killing himself. And then he'd kill Henry or he'd kill whichever direction. And and the lesson is he should have had empathy for the deserters the whole time. The solution was never killing them. but But that was too easy. We had to go a little bit more emotional with the lesson. Yeah. Which, again, the other thing I the thing I like about this episode, A, is that they subvert the idea of a Groundhog Day situation, and B, that they don't do the immediate thought. Yeah, they don't do the one lesson. They keep it more grounded in his relationships rather than... Rather than, like, he killed these people and that was wrong. Yeah, exactly. Because he knows it was wrong. He's well aware of that fact. Well, he covered it up. Damon says, okay, you know, the whole urgency thing, not necessary, because this isn't actually happening. And Lily says, Damon, you're not hearing me. Like, they're here. Go down to the cellar if you want to live. And Damon says, fine, I'll go to the fucking cellar. Lily says, yeah, I know the urgency thing isn't necessary, but it's part of the bit. So can you just react? I just need you down in the cellar. I just need you to play along if you want to get out of here. All right, so Damon goes to the cellar. And this time, Lily's not down there, but Stefan is. With his little 1860s hair. He says, brother. And Damon says, well, if it isn't the light at the end of the tunnel. what? Who said that? Yeah, Stefan's like, <laughs> I'm sure the Phoenix Stone, whatever spirit in Stefan almost laughed out loud. Laughed in his face. Like, okay, you still don't get it. Stefan says, pretty dark tunnel, this little slaughterhouse. You know, I can see why you never told me about it. And Damon says, well, I was trying to protect your fragile emotions, Stefan. You're the reason I took the mission to begin with. Great job taking ownership of your actions there, Damon. Real good. Yeah, get out of hell by blaming your brother for you killing a whole family. Yeah, blaming the sadness of your brother for you killing people. Which, like, yeah, of course you didn't want to hurt his feelings, but you don't need to blame him for it. Stefan laughs and says, you always have a reason, don't you, Damon? Your brother, your drinking buddy. And then he lifts a tarp and what's there but a coffin? And he says, her... It's Elena. It's like, oh shit, Elena's here? This is serious now. Yeah, the Phoenix Stone said, you know, we were really going to stick to your mother and like killing people, but we can do Elena. If that's not going to work, we'll do Elena. She's easy. We just had to pull out a coffin. We didn't even have to recreate Elena. (laughs) Damon says, Elena, you're going to have to do a lot better than that, proving that I do bad things for the people I love. Oh, that's that's not the lesson, Damon. And I think you know that. (laughs) Stefan says this isn't about what you do in her name, Damon. It's about what you do in her absence. Then there's a knock and Stefan says, oh, shush, quiet. They're here. And Damon says, what the hell is going on? And Stefan says, you don't get it, do you? You tell yourself you're protecting Mystic Falls for Elena. You convince yourself that you're keeping her safe by any means necessary. You justify punishing Lily for Elena's sake. Did you ever once think, what would Elena do? And this is a good thing because, honestly, Elena would have understood Damon being mad at Lily, but she would have been upset that he let her die after one rude comment. Oh, yeah, she would have never condoned him letting her die or even trying to kill her. Honestly, if Elena was there, she would have actively stopped it. Mm -hmm. And he knows that. Yeah. 
But he's like, well, I had to protect her. I had to avenge her. Sometimes I have to make decisions that, you know, he's always in favor of making decisions for Elena when she's making wrong decisions, Mm -hmm. which I think is fair. But he is actively ignoring that he knows that Elena would not take kindly to this news. Well, that he, you know, wants he's been wanting to kill his mom because of the guilt and hurt he feels, obviously. Mm -hmm. And he knows that he's so mad at his mom for taking Elena away. But he's also like, well, by taking her away, you gave me the ability to kill you without having to worry about the Elena aspect. Like I can explain a bad decision after the fact, after I've already made it and can't change it. Even if I know Elena would stop me if she was here. Damon loves to have a justification. Mm -hmm. He thinks that if he can justify it, it absolves him of any hurt he caused. It's the same thing as the Lexi thing. He had a good reason to do it. And that still can be true. And it was still a mean thing to do. Yeah. Like, both of those things can be true, Damon. Just because you had a reason to kill all these people in the farmhouse doesn't mean you should be proud of it. Well, it's the opposite reason of Stefan, is he can, there's no justification enough for Stefan, even when it is a good call and it needs to be done. Yeah. And then he gets himself into guilt about things he can't change. What are they, two characters with two different viewpoints? Exactly. Damon very rarely says, yeah, I made the wrong decision there. Yeah. And Stefan very rarely says, deal with it, bitch. That's what I chose to do. Yeah. And I think each could learn to do a little more of the other. Yeah. And I think Damon spends a lot of time being like, well, even if it was the wrong choice, like even if he has a hard time finding a justification, his reasoning is like, well, I did it. There's no undoing it. Yeah. Whereas Stefan will hem and haw over, I wish I could undo it, even though there is no way to undo it. Yeah. And then he says, well, guess I deserve to suffer. He said, well, guess I'll die. Damon says, I never got a chance to ask Elena what would Elena do, thanks to Lily. And Damon does think he gagged the Phoenix Stone here. Because he's like, see, I got taken advantage of. I'm right to be mad at Lily. But then Stefan hits back with, oh, so you had to ask. And it's like, got him. And it was quick. It was not, it was like, it was like he was ready. He said, no, I know what you're going to give me and I have something back for you. Yeah, thank you so much for the try. Stefan says, is Elena's influence on you so weak that you can't tell right from wrong without her holding your hand? It's like, ooh. It's like, "Mm, it helps. (laughs) And he says, oh, it's going to be a long century, brother. You know, I wonder if she'll even recognize you when she wakes up. The man who spit on her mother's grave. The man who lies to himself even now about what happened here today. Because that is Damon's worst fear that, without Elena around to keep him good, that he will lose what Elena loved about him, which is like, I think, a a misread of their relationship. But of course, that's the fear he has. And he's worried that he doesn't deserve her and that in 60 years, she'll wake up and, you know, develop her frontal cortex. Yeah, and realize like, like, wait a second. Why would I date this guy who killed my brother? (laughs) Yeah. And so he's afraid. One thing about Damon, he's afraid. Yeah. Upstairs, we hear Lily say, like, get your hands off me. Stop, stop. And then there's a gunshot and a thud. Mm -hmm. And blood starts dripping through the floorboards. And Stefan says, she's gone. The mission went sideways. Innocence died. And you, walking away with blood on your hands, what did you want? And Damon says, I wanted my brother. And Stefan says, no. Wrong answer. Stefan said, "Uh uh-uh. Buddy, we're at the climax here. Don't fucking play with me. Stefan says, what did you want? And Damon says, like I said, my brother. And Stefan says, no, what did you want? And Damon says, my brother. And Stefan says, hey, stop lying to yourself. Who did you want? 
in that moment, before you buried all your secrets, before you learned how to hide from the pain, and the blood from the floorboards has started to drip down onto Damon. Damon says, I wanted my mother. Don't we all? When the chips are down. And Stefan says, well, it's too late. And then he throws him into a wall. Yeah. And then Damon wakes up. But this time he's not in the bed with the bugle. He's in the middle of the battlefield where he originally started when he started in the, in the stone. And Lily calls out and says, Damon, can you move? Please, you must help me. And now Lily is under the cannon the same way Henry was at the beginning. Uh-huh. Damon says, why would I help you? This isn't real. And then he gets shot. Yeah. <laughs> and Lily says, the pain is real. The feeling is real. And then there's an explosion. Damon laughs. Great. He's <laughs> handling it well. And Lily says, you love this, don't you? I'm going to die knowing my own son hates me. And Damon says, yes, he does. And Lily says, why? Let's dig into that. She said, let's let's get some answers out. Damon says, because you tried to take Elena from me. Mm, succeeded. Yeah, not even, Yeah, she didn't try. She did. <laughs> not that I'm supportive of her in that choice, but she did do it. She, she did. did pull it off. Yeah, she did girl boss. <laughs> Something falls on Lily. She screams. She's like, why won't you help me? Please, why? And her screams are much more agonized and pained in a way that, again, Annie wishing, acting. Well, it's a way that we've never heard Lily be afraid. That's... uh the key here yeah damon goes to her to say like why he hates her he says because you took the one thing that made me happy because you weren't strong enough to leave your husband because you got sick and left us because you never came back and then he does help her from under the cannon Mm -hmm. because it's breakthrough time baby he says i hate you because you could have come back so many times but you never did I lost you the first time when father sent you away with consumption. And then we brought you back from the prison world. And I lost you again to your other family. And now I'm losing you to death. Three times I lost you. Three times I had the chance to tell you everything I wanted to tell you. And three times I ruined it. Well, and I think the three losses is is key because there is the loss of death. And he was also older and had to care for Stefan in that way. There's the loss to the other family when he, you know, put a lot on the line to save her in a way and was and hoped for her to turn around. And he was never going to say these things to her unless she said things to him. And it became clear early on that she was not in a place to mm-hmm. to open that up. And so he had to close himself off. And then in this last loss of death where he arguably had the most control over what he could say to her, how he could help her, and he still wasn't able to save her. Plus, particularly the first time... I mean, he always finds someone else to blame for the reason that he's not able to express his emotions or do the right thing. Again, he always has a justification. And the first time that he lost Lily, he was able to push that down because he held such resentment for Giuseppe. And he was right to. Giuseppe's a piece of shit. And then the second time with the family, he held so much resentment for Lily, not just for having this other family. This return hurt for Damon because he was embarrassed. Because when Lily first came back, he was totally like, oh, yeah, you went to the prison world when you were coming back to us. That's great news that you're back now. And then she's like, no, who said that? Yeah, very much like when she came back, it was like he got a glimpse of what it was like to have his mother back. And then her be like, oh, no, like, I wasn't looking for you guys. I actually chose to leave you. And there's that hurt of, you know, Damon and Stefan grew up with Giuseppe in a way that irreparably damaged both of them definitely 
heavily damaged Stefan. And I think Damon was able to push that down, but it certainly damaged him as well. And to know that their mother let them stay in that situation when she got out was deeply hurtful to him. Plus, we also have to remember the context of season six. Elena forgot who Damon was. And he's trying to prove to Elena that he's worthy of love. And he goes back and gets his own mother and introduces her to his girlfriend. And his mother don't want him? Yeah. It's all an embarrassment thing. And I think, A, he feels embarrassed that Giuseppe terrorized him for so long. Mm -hmm. He feels embarrassed that he thought that he wanted his mother so bad at 160 something years old. Mm -hmm. And he feels embarrassed that he couldn't, couldn't do, do anything, anything but say a quip when she died. He's just embarrassed about everything. And so the easier way is to blame her for making him act that way when really he made his bed. When he feels embarrassed for, for specifically for wanting her back and also for wanting back someone who, for all evidence he sees, does not want him. Yeah. And that she got away from Giuseppe. And there's a part of you that can be like, you know what, that was horrible, but she had to get out. But then she got out only to be with Julian. And he's like, I keep wanting this person yeah. to care about me. And she cares about everyone but me who doesn't deserve that the way I deserve it. And he resents that, you know, she got away from Giuseppe. He didn't. She got to be with her love. He didn't. She got to have the family she wanted. He didn't. She even got Stefan to see the good in her. And that was a struggle for Damon to get from Stefan. Yeah. So embarrassment, jealousy. Pain. And mommy issues. Those mommy issues got hands. I mean, Lily Salvatore, she did her damage. Yeah. She did her damage on these boys' psyches. Like, ooh, it's deep. Yeah, and in different ways. The <laughs> power of a woman. Lily says, oh, my sweet boy, there's still time. Tell me what you want to say. Tell me. And he holds her hand and he says, mom, I'm so sorry. He sobs. He says, give me a chance to make it right. Give me a chance to let you love me, okay? But she's dead. So this is his hell. The hell is not only that it's too late to tell her, but that now he has, he finally has the words to tell her what she means to him, how he reacted. And once he got the words, it was not only too late, but he already said the wrong words. Yeah. It's really just absolute great world building from hell for Damon. Really gets him. And then here's the thing. He has allowed himself to feel this suffering. So we go over to the Lockwood house. Bonnie, Stefan, Caroline, and Matt are there. Damon has the stone on his chest and he wakes up. He says, no, no, we weren't done. I got to get her back. I got to get her back. And so they all realize like, okay, he seems volatile. <laughs> He's not doing good because, you know, in in one way, it is a downside that they immediately got him out the second he realized mm -hmm. it. Because unfortunately for them, the lesson was you're out of time and there's not enough time. And then he immediately got hit with like see how out of time you were instead of going yeah. through it a couple times and like you don't even get to see her again in hell you didn't even get a reset of the worst part of hell because you have no time with your mom because you ruined it you spent all your time avoiding it and i don't even have enough time yeah so stefan says oh hey damon it's me you're safe it's okay unfortunately for stefan he doesn't realize that a big part of damon's hell was this exact like scene. Well, and this is exactly what the hell version of Stefan would say to him. Exactly. Like, because the whole thing, I'm sure Damon is like, okay, I learned my lesson, but now I'm back in this, like, I didn't do right by these people. I just need to, I need to reset this. I need to figure this out again. Yeah. And again, hell has told him the way to reset it. Mm -hmm. None of the people here know that that's what hell has been for him. 
and it appears based on Stefan's reaction here that Stefan doesn't know that's what hell was like for him and that maybe Stefan had a different experience. Yeah, maybe his was not necessarily reliving the same day or maybe it wasn't reset by killing. Maybe it was reset by like him killing himself. I do feel like Stefan's was probably a little bit more on the nose. They kind of had to back Damon into it, I think. Well, because Stefan feels so guilty about everything he does. So they just showed him something. He was like, oh, yeah, that was horrible. Right. And they're like, damn. OK, you're good. He said, say no more. I deserve to be in hell. They said, damn, you're already kind of here, huh, bud? Wow. Maybe maybe you should get out. We actually feel bad about this yeah. one. It's really punching down to give you hell. <laughs> it, it feels like you've paid your time already, actually. So you can go. Like a little bit beating a dead horse. Yeah. <laughs> Damon says, no, uh, one more time, like one more time, please send me back. I know what to do now. And Stefan says, Damon, it's not real. Unfortunately, another thing that Damon really learned in hell was that it's not real. And Damon says, yeah, I know it's not real. None of this is real. So he breaks Stefan's arm and then snaps Stefan's neck. And everyone's like, okay. Everyone's like, well, that's bad. And then Damon breaks a chair and stakes Caroline. Matt screams Damon. Damon hits Matt with, with a fireplace poker and knocks him out. In a way that looks and it kind of sounds like he snapped his neck as well. And then Damon grabs a fireplace poker, pushes Bonnie into the wall with it by her neck and says, I have to get back to her. Bonnie struggles and it seems like she's choking, but not only is she choking, she falls to the ground and we can see like she was bleeding from the back of her head. Yeah, she had a head wound as well. She was being that pushed into the wall that hard. Mm -hmm. And she falls down. And so everybody looks... Best case unconscious, worst case dead. But he doesn't go back to that little bed with the bugle. Nothing resets. No bugle is playing. And Damon says, why am I still here? Because this wasn't real and this isn't real. Yeah. And then that's where we end the episode. So was that real? Yeah. That was real. Is anybody dead? No. How does he get them back? So Bonnie's unconscious. She's fine. Stefan just has a snap neck. That's nothing. Caroline, he staked her near the hurt, but not in the hurt. She just passed out from the pain. And Matt, he's got that damn ring on. So everybody's alive, but they're going to wake up and be like, hey, girl, what the fuck was that? So sounds like it went pretty bad for you. Reactions? Ponderings? Anything you want to share? What are your biggest pieces of evidence that this is real and not a Phoenix Stone hallucination? He didn't immediately hop back up. Everyone was there. He learned his lesson, you know, that key. And the lesson being there's not enough time. And he's in the Lockwood house. It's a different wake up situation. It's more like what we saw where we under as much possible impression that it's real. Yeah. I mean, this is not to over hype this episode. This is kind of inception because even I'm pretty sure this is real, but it's still like, "Mm, I can't be 100 percent sure. It's a great cliffhanger, like a cliffhanger, the likes of which we haven't had in quite some time. That This show used to do exceptionally well, quite regularly. And I think, you know, Damon will come to this pretty quick, like, oh, oops, going to stab myself really quick. I, I need to feel some pain for the hurt that I just caused. So you think he's going to stab himself really quick? I think he'll punish himself in some way. I mean, I think, you know, there are some dungeons that have been empty for a little long. Let's say Let's that. Let's say that. And Damon, you know, while you're reflecting on all this, let's think about all the people in our lives. And mm, I haven't seen Enzo in a while. That's a good point. There was a point when they woke up in the the three months after that I was like, so is Bonnie dating Enzo? Has she been leaning on him at all? Not something they mentioned. Yeah, certainly not. Enzo still be in that cage. Yeah. Assuming this is real and Damon is now in an acclimating back to the real world stage of his 
journey. How do you think he's going to acclimate? I think he will hesitate telling the truth about this, but I do think he and Stefan will have to talk about this. I'm not saying this is a healthy choice, but let's take this this energy and kill Julian. Do you think any of the hallucinations from the Phoenix Stone will continue to haunt him? Yeah, I think the thoughts of it, the hallucinations of it, I do think. Do you think we'll be seeing more of Annie Wershing? Mm. Perhaps more of Henry? No more of Henry. He's done his job. He didn't feel that guilty about Henry, it appears. <laughs> I mean, and Henry lived until, you know, he didn't. I do think, Eileen, that we'll see a little bit more of Annie Wershing as Damon tries to sort through, you know, what this means and how he comes to terms with it. And, you know, we saw even in the three years from now, he's still apologizing to his mother. Mm -hmm. So clearly he doesn't really get past it. Yeah. And, you know, we have to also consider in the three years from now, Damon's desiccated. So maybe he's like, you know what? Put me down. I can't do this anymore. Take me out, coach. Yeah. Do you think in this reacclimating stage that Stefan and or Damon will do anything drastic, harmful, hurtful, caused by their reacclimation? Mm, I don't think anything major. I mean, I think they could definitely take it out on the heretics. I do think that's fair. And I think they have the Phoenix Stone Sword. And I think if anything that reaction would be to put somebody else in the Phoenix Stone as revenge for that, mm. if anything. I mean, I do think the heretics are in danger. We do have to bring up, Bo has a scar. I guess maybe that's what made him mute. Because we're not going to get rid of the heretics, which is I do, that we could just be like, that's done now. Mm -hmm. And they're gone. Valerie's ass is still around. And I think Bo plays a role in the scar. Nora and Mary Louise, I do think, are in danger, given that Nora is the one that stabbed Stefan and Mary Louise's siding with Julian who better die soon by whoever's hand it is. That brings us to the end of this week's episode. As always, if you are enjoying Vampire Diaries and or Doppelgangers, please tell your friends and give us five stars rating and review on Apple and Spotify podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. Until next week. Goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.